The Diaz brothers are two of the biggest icons in the sport. They've both been fighting professionally longer than it was legal in many states, and they've really come from a different era. A time before money or fame was in the picture, they actually both debuted before Chuck Liddell was ever even a UFC champion. Pay-per-view prices were less than half of what they are now, and by the time Nate debuted in 2004 at WEC 12, the highest pay-per-view sales were a measly 110,000 buys. Those are considered really poor numbers, even at the $65 they run for now. The point is, these guys come from that early mold of fighters who are just tough as hell. Not to say that doesn't exist today, it definitely does, but in those days it was a completely different sport with way less incentives. It actually wasn't until after Nate beat Connor in the first fight that I realized how long he's been around. I've been in this UFC since I was 21 years old. I think that was my 25th fight or 24th fight. And, um, there's no experience like that. And these guys are responsible for some of the most notorious, sometimes outrageous, and infamous moments in MMA. Naturally, being so brash and outspoken, they do earn hate from some fans, but when it comes down to actually watching them fight, you can't hate on that. I've never met a person who would consider how they fight boring for even a second. They're entertaining as hell. They've got pinpoint boxing and everlasting cardio to outwork pretty much anyone, and a ground game that's just as lethal. So after going on about how much I like them, then what's this entire video about. Well, let's just jump right into it then. I'm Jason from MMA on Point, and this is why it's hard to be a Nate Diaz fan. Basically, what the jump-off point of this video is based on is from the UFC's late summer and fall lineup press conference, where Diaz was there to promote his just-officially-announced fight with Dustin Poirier after more than two years off since UFC 202, where he fought McGregor for the second time. It was a bit late, but that wasn't surprising. The first surprise of the conference was hearing that the rumored booking for McGregor versus Nurmagomedov was confirmed for UFC UFC 229 in October. That's it? No more questions? We have one more thing we want to show you. The fans were on their feet because it was and is decidedly the fight fans have been clamoring for since the train wreck of UFC 223 and really since 205, where they both fought on that same New York City card. With MMA, what do you think about? I deserve title shot or no? Please tell these guys. I think you definitely deserve Let's title go. Shot. Let's go with your chicken. So yeah, I think as a fan, the vast majority of us were pretty elated about all these new fights. And by the way, it felt like Yo Romero versus Paulo Costa went totally under the radar. Talk about a great fight. Anyhow, after the promotional trailer for Connor and Khabib aired, Diaz was gone from the stage all of a sudden. Just his seat was empty. And sure enough, there was the tweet, basically Nate saying he's out of the show in his own words. Then came the videos from TMZ and another tweet this past week. And yeah, I get it. I even tweeted myself that this is likely just a publicity stunt as a quick reaction to the first tweet. There's a good chance he'll actually fight and this whole thing will turn out to be just some sort of ruse to drum up press. I actually don't doubt that at all. But my whole takeaway from it is that over the last two years, Nate turned down fight after fight. And yeah, I heard his point that he was being sued and couldn't take a fight after 202, but if that was the case, why was he asking for $15 million to fight or couldn't he have just made his lawyer make a statement that he couldn't fight? And it's not just his word versus the UFC on being offered fights. Alvarez famously signed a contract to fight Diaz, which he also said Nate turned down. Then Diaz said himself he couldn't come to terms with the UFC after agreeing verbally last year to fight Ferguson. Have you been officially offered a fight against Tony Ferguson? 
Yeah, I have. Because <laughs> uh, it's circumstances, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll fight him, but under these circumstances. At one point in 2017, he even said no fights interested him, and he was just going to sit the whole year out. I plan on sitting out this year, and I'm taking the year off with my brother, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, this was part of an hour-and-a-half-long interview with Ari Hilwani on a special MMA hour on a special day just to talk about his career. Why not say anything about that lawsuit back then? So I don't know why he said he couldn't fight. He clearly could have, and he even said that he could have. But this wouldn't be the first time a Diaz brother dropped out of a fight. Nick Diaz famously no-showed a press conference for the first booking against GSP in 2011 that got him kicked off the card, or at least kicked out of the main event. Instead, he ended up having his showcase performance against BJ Penn. And this is one of the things that you respect about the Diaz brothers. It's that they do whatever the hell they want to. Nick hasn't even talked about wanting to fight somebody in years, and in Nick's case, just like his brother, if he doesn't want to fight, he won't. They've both individually said that they don't enjoy fighting. It's not fun for them, and Nate seems to be making plenty of cash since 202. But let's not act like the UFC hasn't screwed Nate over. He only made 20 grand to show up to the Michael Johnson fight and 20 more for winning. That's it. That's nothing. And this happened just before the first Conor McGregor fight at 196, and then of course later on in that same year, he and Conor broke the all-time UFC pay-per-view record. So yeah, he's got a lot of really legitimate and good reasons to be pissed off at the UFC. And if you look back at those tweets and that interview outside with TMZ, that's who he's explicitly stated issues with, the UFC. So it's probably likely that this is just some sort of game, a publicity stunt or leverage battle against the UFC before ultimately agreeing on some new terms. Reportedly, he's already signed the contract, so I guess he wants to change something? I don't know. I'd say hopefully the talk is over and we'll finally get to see what made us all fans of him, watching him in a damn good fight, and a perfectly matched one in this case with Dustin Poirier. But forgive me if over the last two years of turning down fights and spurning the fans like his brother has already done since fighting Anderson Silva in 2015, I think it's a mistake to assume that Nate isn't being serious about not wanting to fight. I can put it like this, in one way or another, being manipulated as a tool to promote fights by Diaz is okay as long as he shows up to the fight and that marketing strategy has even been shown to work exceedingly well, like what we saw Conor McGregor do with his fake retirement. Remember that? But after a couple of years of Diaz not fighting, that manipulation allowance starts to wear thin, no matter how big of a fan you are. People are tired of waiting and being teased with big fights that don't happen. We begin to believe you based on your past inactivity. Connors has even worn out over the past year, and finally fighting again and being active, defending belts are the only things that will get fans back. If Connor pulls out for any reason short of a terrible injury, the fans will turn on him. They will go apeshit if McGregor pulled out due to contract negotiations for new terms and demands after he's already signed this one. There's a chance to regain momentum and popularity, but only activity will change that. Not more of the same stagnant, tired hearsay. After all, that's what we're fans of, watching these incredible athletes fight. This promotion idea of teasing fights over and over defeats itself, being let down too many times. I'm a big DS fan still, but yeah, I'm just tired of seeing rumors of fights and more rumors about pulling out of them. I'd just much rather see a fighter retire instead of getting excited about big fight after big fight falling through. So let me turn that question back around to you. 
If Nate Diaz does turn around in this fight, are you currently a fan? And as a result, will you still be a fan? Is this wearing on you at all? Am I just talking nonsense here? What do you actually think about this? Thanks for watching my video, guys. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and like. We upload at least three times per week with videos about MMA, and it really helps us out when you do so. If I missed anything, let me know in the comments. And you can follow me personally for more conversation on Twitter at JasonTheHeart or follow our official account at OnPointMMA. Thanks so much, and I'll catch you guys on the next video impossible to go undefeated in MMA. In a sport that commonly suggests that anything can happen, fighters can have a bad day in the cage, prospects finally meet a challenge that they can't overcome, or simply run into a bad matchup. MMA is so diverse, it really takes a special athlete to hold onto an unbeaten record. So let's look at the top 10. I'm Tom from MMA On Point, and this